I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for 95ers podcast with myself, Andrew Marsham. Tonight, as always, we are little, whenever you listen to this, we are currently live on Facebook, Instagram, and we've got the clients on Zoom as well, who are, we're also going to be covering tonight too. I've started this by a bit of ramble, but let's continue anyway. Um, tonight's topic is going to be the four reasons and the four main reasons that your weight is stuck and plateauing. And we are also going to get into the client Q&A, which is going to involve a lot of good questions, I've no doubt. I, am, I haven't looked at them yet, um, but we'll get into that in a second. Quick reminder for anyone who hasn't done so already and for anyone who must be new to listening to me for the first time at this point, if you have not got your completely free custom meal plan, go to the link in my bio, go to the link in the show notes, go to the link in my Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever the hell you are um, or listening and go and get your free meal plan. It's completely free. You get an online training, nutrition course with it as well. Um, and there's a couple of special bonuses in there as well for anyone who's interested. Um, so by all means, get yourself that. If you haven't done so already, you are probably fucking off your head. Or well, there's something wrong with you anyway. Um, but the four reasons you are stuck when it comes to weight loss going to come down to a few factors, and there's a lot of variables, but I'm going to narrow it down to four. First and foremost is, you, you know, you're not in a calorie deficit if you're not losing weight. That That's that's simple. That's basic, you know, energy balance. Some people will say, oh, but I'm in a calorie deficit and I'm not losing any weight. No, by default, you're not in a calorie deficit. If you may, you know, some fucking stupid calculator may spew a number online for you, that might not be what your maintenance is or what puts you in a calorie deficit. My fitness pal is, does not always give you great information. In fact, it gives you poor information more, more often than not in my in my experience. Um, so first and foremost, you have to firstly get yourself into a calorie deficit. And how do you do that? By tracking nutrition. If you're not using some sort of tracking app or following some form of consistent meal plan where there is some consistency in the meals you have laid out, you're never going to be, you can progress, but you're going to make life difficult. If you're struggling to see that weight loss come off, if you're frustrated at stepping in the scale every day, then get used to using something like a MyFitnessPal or MyFitnessPal is the only one I would recommend. It's the only one I have any experience with. But I would much rather track my nutrition and get into the habit of doing it than be consistently frustrated at the lack of results I'm seeing, the lack of progress I'm going through, and just being completely unhappy with how I look and feel. I would, fuck, like, 
using my fitness pal takes a bit of work in the starting process but once you get under wraps and you get a few consistent choices and things in and you get into a good rhythm it gets easier it's something i do on a day-to-day basis it's something that's part of my routine now i do not need to think twice about it it takes me a minute or two a day that's it and what if and that investment of time for the benefit i get out of it is completely priceless um so firstly track your nutrition get accountable with what you're actually taking in that's the first step second one pick you know take food pick food choices that have labels or or you know our whole natural healthy foods and start weighing them out actually tracking properly it's one thing to track and guess and type in chicken pasta dish or you know eyeball something that you you know you got out of a cafe or a shop or something along those lines they will get you so far but some of these calculations can be wildly inaccurate especially when it comes to restaurant meals and things like that if you you can be like 50 60 sometimes even 90 percent off in some of the instances that have actually tested in terms of food choices restaurant options etc so doing more cooking at home doing some sort of prep where you're doing getting that consistent planning in throughout the week that consistent nutrition period where you're having a consistent lunch consistent dinner you know consistent breakfast maybe changing the protein and carb options slightly but the basic meal structure of the meals is normally the same that is where you're going to see the best results that does not mean it has to be eggs for breakfast, you know, chicken and rice for lunch, and then chicken, more chicken and rice for dinner. It does not need to be that. You can get creative. Just think about balancing your meals. Think about including one protein source at every single meal. Think about including veg or fruit or something of that nature at every single meal. Every time you sit down to eat, those are some basic fundamentals you can take with you that are going to benefit what you're doing in your fat loss process. So, Firstly, track your nutrition if you're not doing so. Second one, if you are there but still struggling a bit, you need to tighten up your choices. You know, maybe you're out, you know, restaurant meal this day, inconsistent that day, a bit all over the place here, a bit all over the place there. Try and get some consistent structure down. Do a bit of forward thinking and a bit of forward planning. What are you going to have the next three, four days? If you're thinking ahead, if you're prepping yourself for that three, four day period at least, then you can, it's almost hard to fail. It's almost hard to fail, genuinely. The simplest, most effective tactic in the planet for when it comes to nutrition is simply prepping your meals. Having that plan to go, right, this is what I'm doing, this is what I want to eat, and this is where what I'm going to have. When you have that in place, it's very, very difficult to not get the results you want to see. And as I said, that can be you can pick a sample up, a seven-day sample, at the link in my bio. If you haven't done so already, you're a fucking cabbage. End of story. Um, that's about the the, 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 the the ins and outs of it. Number three, track your steps. If you're not paying attention to your steps, this is one of the biggest contributing factors, factors to your weight loss, to your activity levels. If you are averaging around three to 7,000 steps, they need to come up. You should be averaging somewhere between 10 and 15 per day on average. That should be the, the, the goal you're aiming for. I don't give a shit if you're in an office job. I have an office job and get more than 15 a day easily. Walk in the morning, walk at lunchtime, walk when I can, and then walk in the evening. It is not difficult. Get moving. If you're struggling to lose weight, if you're struggling to get those extra pounds off, stop making excuses and start building these things into your routine. 20 am I doing my morning walk? If you need to go up 15 minutes out of your bed earlier, fine, do that. 
if you're sitting here listening to this podcast or watching this live and you are not happy with how you look, if you're not happy with how confident you are, what level of confidence you have, get yourself into that routine. A perfect example, someone who's on the Zoom call right now, Stuart, the man, come on to the program week one, absolutely dialed in his morning routine, out doing a power walk first thing, nailing the steps, 10,000 steps, no excuses. It can be done. It's just about realizing in your situation, your lifestyle, and where you can then improve on it. I, myself, as an office worker, not for, for not much longer, may I add, um, I personally will go and do 20 minutes of cardio in the morning before I go to, go to, go to work, and then I do my workout. Then I walk a park, literally the furthest I can possibly park away. I take the fucking furthest car parking space I can to get into work. It's like a 10-minute walk to my office. I do that deliberately. Then, same way, same when I'm coming home. I'll go the long way home. It, it takes me a bit longer, but that's fine. I'm getting my steps in. At lunchtime, I'm out for a half an hour, 40-minute walk. In the evening, I will go for a walk after this. I've already racked up, I believe, I'm looking at my step counter here. So it's probably on my phone, my watch maybe. But I'm already sitting at 15,000 for the day, and I'll go, and have, I'll go for another 10, 15-minute walk. Be up over 17,000. It's doable. Getting your steps up is one of the most powerful things you can do to start and it's to start and accelerate the fat loss process. If you look at calories burned throughout a 24-hour period, exercise is around 10%. Non-exercise activity, i.e. steps, walking, fidgeting, that kind of general movement, is more than double that. More than double. You can hammer the weights and things like that, which massively have benefit, the increased metabolism, etc., and they help actually bring up the basal metabolic rate, which is 60%, so do not downplay that. But hammering out 20 minutes of cardio and things like that in the grand scheme of things isn't making too much difference if your step counts in the toilet and you're averaging one or 2,000 steps a day. I've, I've had people on this program who will literally average in the hundreds of steps per day, that needs to increase. That needs to go up. You have to be more conscious around that. The more variables you can track and manage, the more clear a picture you, you can have. If you are consistently doing something and tracking it, i.e. you're consistently tracking your nutrition or following a meal plan, and you are consistently hitting a certain weight routine, a certain training routine, and consistently hitting step counts, the changes you then make will directly result in, you know, it will, will have a direct result on, on the outcome. You can simply tweak something and see the result. All you have to then do is increase a step count or maybe pull some calories back. Do things like that, increase an extra, you know, add in an extra cardio session. 99 times out of 100, people struggle to break through a weight loss plateau or struggle to lose weight because there's no consistency in anything they do. None. Zero. I was in, I was in that boat myself. You know, not, I'm eating this and this day. I'm eating that and this day. I'm eyeballing this. I know I'm roughly here. I'll, what did I use for this weight last week? Can't really remember. I, I think I done 10 reps of the 20s. Bullshit. I done how many workouts you know if you're if you're in the gym or you're you know doing home workouts and you're not tracking all of that measuring it seeing it against a graph or you know beating your previous best how can you honestly say you're going in the right direction you can't same with like recording a 5k timer counting your steps and things like that if you're not seeing progressions week on week 
met taking measurements, taking body measurements, weight measurements, how can you ever make changes to anything to know where you're going to go? You wouldn't if if, if someone ran a business the way you ran ran your body or the way you looked at your body, it would fail fucking miserably. You have to think about controlling and managing and recording as many variables as possible. That does not mean you need to get overwhelmed. Start small. Start by getting used to my fitness pal. Tracking nutrition first. Tracking your steps. Seeing where they're at. Once you start tracking things, getting it and getting used to these softwares and things like that, it becomes second nature. I've been doing this a long time, you know, eight and a half years consistently. It probably took me four to five years to get any sort of consistency with training, nutrition, tracking, all that kind of thing. Four to five years it took. And it, I could have made that the amount of progress in four to five months, knowing what I know now. Um, so just dial in as many options as you can. And the fourth is if you are not resistance training. This is absolutely massive. If you're not resistance training and you're struggling to lose weight, you are missing out one of the biggest factors when it comes to promoting and aiding in weight loss. Everyone thinks treadmill, cardio, cross trainer, you know, all this kind of thing, great for weight loss, cycling. The reality is those are good for increasing energy expenditure. I would never downplay them. I include cardio in every single client's plans. I do it myself on a daily basis. Um, and I think it's very, very important. But if you told me to pick one between that and weight training, it would be weight training all day. Weight training causes something called EPOC or energy post-oxygen consumption. This is essentially an afterburn effect where you burn calories while you're lifting weights, but because of the recovery process, the muscle damage and things like that that's caused, there is a, an afterburn effect with the metabolism. You burn calories at rest. As you increase muscle mass, so as you build more muscle, you see your progression in your training, this is again when it comes down to managing and tracking your progress within workouts, then as you grow and add lean tissue, that tissue needs calories to grow and repair. More calories. Therefore, by default, as you build muscle, as you adapt and get stronger, you generally will get away with eating more calories or you require more calories just to maintain your weight. That, If you looked at my basal metabolic rate, which again I said around makes up 60% of your total calorie expenditure for the day or your total you know, calories required for the day, if you looked at that when I was 120 pounds, which is like eight stone, um, when I started the gym, it would probably have been, I don't know, maybe 1,700 calories. I'm just having a completely wild guess. Today, I'm maintaining my weight in 3,800, um, which is quite a significant amount of food. Some days, I actually struggle to get it in. But that is because I have built muscle mass over a period of time. And also, I have adjusted my metabolism up the way. But that doesn't come overnight. You have to do the consistent reps. You have to be consistent. But the resistance training aspect, building lean tissue, lean tissue is very, very expensive. Muscle tissue costs a lot of calories to just simply maintain. Your body will get rid of muscle tissue ahead of fat. Therefore, you need to keep resistance training to keep the muscle on. So the four pillars, if you're stuck at a weight loss plateau and you don't know what to do next, firstly, track your nutrition if you aren't already. Second, get more consistent with your tracking, pick more whole food choices, things that are maybe, you know, you can track, weigh out, measure, you know what's in them, 
you're, you've got some sort of consistent preparation. When you go to food prep places and things like that, they're not too bad as well. But eating out at meals, if you're eating out quite a lot, doing things like that, eating the go, these can be wildly inaccurate. Some of them have been measured 60 to 90% inaccurate, genuinely, on some of these um, nutritional labels. So just that's something to be something to watch out for. Number three, um, get your steps up, track them, improve on them. It is an absolutely massive factor. And number four is resistance training if you aren't doing so already. Um, so time to get into the questions. If anyone has any questions, please let me know. Um, but I'm going to start working through these. Um, da, da, da. How to correct form during workouts from Arn Patterson, i.e. I feel the form is deteriorating, do I stop? Yes, you do. If you cannot maintain the form in an exercise, it's finished. You should be able to maintain the goal of an exercise, the goal of every single exercise is to make every single rep the exact same. Literally the exact same. When you can no longer do that, then you, you should no longer perform the exercise. You should probably even stop one shot of doing that if you're using some heavier loads and things like that. Different ball game if we're still using body weights and resistance bands and things like that and lower load training at the moment. But for heavier lifts for future reference, you should probably leave one in a tank more often than not. That will get you the majority of the results, but will leave a good part of the recovery period. Um, let me see any questions, anything whatsoever coming in here. Um, anyone in, in Instagram or anything at all? Um, anyone who's in Instagram, Facebook, or Stuart, any, any questions whatsoever? In fact, Stuart, I know you had a couple in your check-in, actually. Um, so I will. Can I capture them? Oh, there we go next. Getting daily headaches and sleep has deteriorated since I started training. Um, that is, I must admit, a strange one. I don't see that. I haven't seen that very often. Um, what I would say, Stuart, is how is hydration and things like that? Are you getting them plenty of water, three to five liters per day? Um, something along those lines. As the exertion increases, your body will need more water and things like that. So what's the kind of hydration levels at, at the moment, Stuart, if you don't mind jumping in for me on that one? Yeah. Aim for, aim for three to five litres per day. As you have increased your expenditure quite a bit, so hitting the steps, doing the workouts and things like that, your body is going to need a lot of a lot of fluids. You're going to be sweating out. You, you might not even know it. You, 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 your body needs those fluids and things for the recovery process, the fat loss process, all these metabol all these new, new foods and things like that, your digestion. Again, as you transition over to a new diet, your body sometimes can just get a bit strange and adapting. You might see some like digestive stresses and things like that. It's perfectly natural. It's perfectly normal. Um, the sleep one, I'm quite. I'm not. I'm not sure about that one. That 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 is that is very strange. Um, I must admit, normally you see you, you generally see improvements on the sleep. Um, that's one thing that we could probably run through more. You know, we'll have a we'll have a wee message back and forward after this, and just kind of run through a few things to to go into more specifics. Um, but generally, you do tend to see improvements in sleep just because of that energy expenditure. Are you finding when are you working out at the moment? You're working out in the mornings, aren't you? 
you normally, sometimes when you, for example, work out in the evening, what happens is you get a lot of endorphin rush. You t- you, get, you know, you get quite agitated. You're quite up for it. You feel, you feel quite awake. If, you, if you're doing a workout in the evening, I'd maybe, you know, kind of expect that to be causing some issues with sleep. But the fact you're doing it in the morning, I, that that's a strange one, I must admit. Um, when we go into a couple of things around night routine, nighttime routines and things, I do have a previous... Um, a previous webinar on that, some excellent morning nighttime routines. Remind me to send you that after this because I will forget. <laughs> My head is like a sieve. <laughs> but I'll, I'll ping you a message after this. We'll kind of run through a few things um, because, again, I do find that one, it's not, it doesn't come up too often, I must admit. Um, but hydration for the headaches, that's more than likely what that's going to be. Um, it's, it's more. I would, I would put, my, put the house on it. Um, that that's probably where where the issues coming from with the headaches there, mate. But we'll run through the kind of sleep setup and things after the, after this call, um, just to make sure we're all good there. Um, Jack Liddell, it'd be good to see him on the workout videos. Mother's nope, old mate of Jack Liddell's mum signing up soon. Um, if he's listening to this back, get her on the program. <laughs> how to be- how to build a better court or back. Same as you build any other body part, consistent, repetitive training, tracking progress, seeing progressions, recording what you're doing in the workouts. Consistency is absolutely key in everything you do. Everything you do. How to build a better back of core will nine times out of ten not come down to is this row better than that row? Is this exercise better than that exercise? It will nine times out of ten for the majority of the population come down to, am I doing this consistently and am I getting better? If you're a top-level bodybuilder or elite athlete who's looking to put a little more shape to a certain aspect of their back or build a little more muscle in that area, that's when you can start getting into the, the detail of certain exercises, doing certain things. The basic core rows, you know, pull-ups, barbell rows, dumbbell rows, core work in terms of like a plank or some ab work or anything along those lines, just build them up over time. We all have a starting point. People often talk to me in this program, I don't want to do this exercise because I don't enjoy it because I'm, you know, I'm, so, I'm so poor at it. That's what we're here to change. If something's challenging you and you are finding it maybe uncomfortable, but you feel that there's room for progression, fucking go after it. You know, chase that progression. Doesn't matter what the starting point is. You don't need to judge yourself on X, Y, or Z. Oh, I can only do three press-ups. Doesn't fucking matter. As long as you can do four next week, that's an improvement. That's And I stress that so much. I know I come across as probably, um, let's say, motivational. <laughs> but, you know, kind of aggressive or whatever in the approach I take. It's more just to encourage people to get started and actually take some fucking action. Um, but it doesn't matter what the starting point is, improving your core, improving your back. If you can hold a plank for 10 seconds, it doesn't matter. It's what you can do. That's your capability and no one else's. As long as you're improving in that every single week, you can do no more. That's it. It doesn't matter where X, Y is, you know, where he's at, where she's at, how many reps he can do it this way. Completely irrelevant. Um, so when focusing and building or getting strong in a body part, figure out, a, you know, a good solid program. Jack's on the program, so he's in the right place. 
track the progressions consistently over time and look to improve. That is going to be the best way around absolutely anything. Um, doo -doo -doo. Let's see, let's see. Um, best place to approach source protein bars is a new It's a minefield for me and almost paid double. This is from Dan Young, so I'm going to drop down a message after this. But grenade protein bar wise, I stick, uh, would suggest looking for something that's got around 20 plus grams of protein. Anything less, not going to be too good, um, in my honest opinion. Um, the likelihood is you're looking for around 20 or so grams of protein per bar. I would look at the grenade bars on Amazon or the my protein six layer bars. They're my two favorites. They're reasonable, they taste decent. Um, they're nice, convenient, easy, good to go. Um, and, and that's where I would go for them. Um, let me see, let me see. Any more questions? Perhaps what is the optimal part of the day to work out? That's from Gregory Bonner. Um, there is no optimal time of the day to work out. The optimal time of the day to work out is the time that you can work out consistently. There has been some research done which shows as you switch to a different time, say, for example, you switch from evening to morning workouts, you're going to be tired in those early morning workouts. You're going to struggle maybe the first few weeks. But as your body adapts, you then just progress like any other time of the day. There is no exact rhythm or time of the day that's going to make any noticeable difference. Your testosterone is higher at certain points of the day. Your cortisol is higher at certain points of the day. These things are going to benefit your workouts, but it's not going to make any noticeable difference over time. It really, really isn't. Get the, the best time of the day to work out is the time you can work out consistently. For me, as someone who worked in an office job, who had a shitload on, who had... 18 hour days to look forward to every single day and still does. The best time of the day I can work out is first thing. If I'm 12 hours into a day and I've got another, you know, five, six hours of work left, I am not going to be in the best place mentally to work out or physically for that matter. And at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, it comes down to, it all comes down to the mental game. Your, your body can achieve can almost anything. Um, so for me, switching to morning workouts and routines was a game changer. I get in in the morning, and I go in in the morning, I hit my workout, it's done, it's complete, ticked off for the day, I can move on. I can get focused. I don't need to worry about trying to G myself up. If you're someone who's a, who works a stressful job, you have longer days, you've got a family to look after and things like that, you want to spend time with them in the evenings, get out of your bed and get the workout done. It's going to benefit you so much and set you up for the day. Now, I would actually strong arm people into saying that personally. I mean, again, this is my own personal experience. But when you start the day with a workout, everything else following on from that is improved. Your energy, your confidence, your happiness, everything for that day improves in my eyes. How much more likely are you to stick to your nutrition plan if you've hit your workout during the day? I don't have any data to prove this, but I know for a fact it's higher. If you sleep in, miss a workout you're supposed to, sometimes you can just go, ah, fuck it, today's done. Like, I'm just going to go off plan. Then before you know it, you've had a couple of bad meals, a couple of, you know, it leads to a bad week. For me, setting the goal of starting every day with a workout has been a game changer, both physically, mentally, everything. 
it just gets it up, gets me the momentum going for the day, ticks the box, and I can move on. Um, let me see, let me see. Sam's got a question in the live, which I will come back to. Um, no questions, no questions, no questions, no questions. No questions. What was your biggest, oh, that was the biggest one. Um, so Sam has asking, can you still see results stroke progress without weight training until gyms open again? Absolutely, 100%. The, I have posted transformations throughout of people making amazing progress over the last four months. Um, the only reason you won't progress is the bullshit story you're telling yourself. That's it. The, my Instagram is full of workouts with body weight, with bands, with everything. Go to my YouTube. They're all there as well. There's a free meal plan in the bio. Everything you could possibly need to get in shape, to see progress, to see results, is available on my channel for free. Everything you need. No excuses. No excuses. Um, you won't get my support. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, um, that comes down to... Oh, Stuart's put another one. Yes, you can make progress. Do hip workouts, bodyweight workouts. 90 per- I hate I hate putting these numbers and things because I don't like to downplay the importance of resistance training or, or actual training and exercise in general. But you will see a hell of a lot of results with a very well-structured nutrition and lifestyle approach. And that's simply by getting steps in and sticking to a good, solid nutrition plan. You will, if you've been doing nothing, if you haven't been losing weight, simply making that switch alone will start plenty of progress. Resistance training is only going to add to that. But you can go out and do hit circuits, you can do body weight circuits, you can do press-ups, squats, lunges, anything. Jack, jumping jacks. If you get you get a pair of resistance bands on Amazon for 20 quid, very, very good investment in all honesty. They will add that resistance training element if, if you can't get into the gym just now, which we can't, which it looks like it's going to be very soon actually, so hopefully a couple of weeks. Um, so there's no excuse for why you can't see results at the moment. There just isn't. Um, I, as I said, it's only the bullshit story you're telling yourself. Um, late night eating dinner at 11 p.m. Should I skip this meal? That has just gave me an insight into why you're potentially not sleeping well. If you're eating late, what can happen is it can cause downstream digestive issues. You're sitting with a big meal. Your body's just digested. It is not in the best place to eat. I typically suggest eating or cease stopping eating, you know, a couple of hours before you go to bed. Now, it is not going to have any negative effects in terms of fat loss, in terms of anything like that, weight loss, it doesn't matter. If you're consuming the same amount of calories in that 24-hour period, if you're sticking to plan, doesn't matter if that last, energy balance-wise, it doesn't matter if that meal's at 11 p.m. or 9 p.m. However, if you're now... Were you eating a meal at that time before, Stuart? No. Right, okay. Yeah. Right. So in that instance, I would recommend having something. That's a long time to go without food, you know. 
if, if we were doing that consistently, that would point more to what the sleep issues were. Because again, if you're not used to it and accommodated, you know, accommodated eating at that time, your body runs in a circadian rhythm. If it starts taking those food at that time that it's not used to, it thinks it's maybe hours in the day left and things like that. It start, it should, it can negatively impact sleep. Um, but if there's a one-off and you're still seeing those effects in the other days, then we'll go, we'll, we'll go back into that. But there is no reason in terms of fat. It's not going to stop fat loss. It's not going to halt your progress when it comes to losing body weight or anything like that. The, the myth that you need to, you know, you need to stop eating after six pm. It's, it's kind of it's bullshit. It's not, it's not, there's nothing to it. But what I will say is that if you're having a meal later on, it can cause sleeping issues. More along now, me personally, I will. As I said, I stopped. I had my last meal maybe an hour ago, and that will be me for the night. I I don't tend to eat, you know, two or three hours before I go to bed, but I could if I wanted to, and it wouldn't have any negative impact in terms of, you know, overall fat loss or muscle gain. If you, the goal is to spread the meals evenly throughout the week, and that's kind of what you're aiming for. But again, that negative impact in sleep can then have a negative impact on your energy on your hunger levels and your hormones it's all downstream it all it all ties back into one another so if it's really causing an issue with sleep you know it, you know it's maybe best to leave it out and just have something very light something very small so you know something nice quick and portable just so you're not waking up in the middle of the night starving you know and um, that's the last thing you want and um, but in terms of overall energy balance it won't have a negative impact that makes sense Perfect. Well, that's all I have. Um, if anyone has any more questions, um, feel free to drop me a message. If you haven't done so already, go and get your free custom meal plan. If you haven't done so, you're after nut, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but that is all for this evening. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you're listening back to the podcast, please leave a review. It's massively, massively appreciated. If anyone would like to share it on as well, tag someone and tag me in their stories. By all means, I'll set you up with a completely free coaching call to help you with your goals, your progress. Just give a simple bit of advice on how you move forward over the next few months. Um, so anyone would like that uh, to take, take me up on that, by all means, drop me a message and I'll help you out. Hopefully you all enjoyed this. See you in the next one. Thanks, Joe. Enjoy the rest of your night, mate. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.